Gentlemen, welcome to the Alpha M Podcast. Wherever you are right now listening to this, I want to thank you for your support. In this podcast, you'll get my views on lifestyle, self-improvement, and business, all in an aim to unlocking your confidence and helping you feel the best you can every day of your life. Also, at any time during this podcast or if any of my videos have helped you in the past, please feel free to leave a rating and a review on the platform you're listening to this. Five stars, of course, would be awesome, but I'll leave that up to you. Every week, we're going to read out and feature a few of my personal favorite reviews. So lock in and enjoy today's episode. Gentlemen, welcome back to the Alpha M Podcast. And I would like to officially welcome Antonio Centeno, my special friend. And that sounds kind of funny, but he is a special friend, which we'll get into that a little bit later. But uh, Antonio, he is the founder, as you guys know, of Real Men, Real Style. He is co-founder and my business partner in Menfluential Media. And he has the dubious distinction of being the dude that I call when I'm having a really bad day. Not to mention, one more business, the founder, actually, you're not the founder, but you've come on and partnered with uh, the lovely Claire to uh, to really grow an incredible and exciting grooming company called Vitaman out of Australia. Antonio Centeno, thanks for being here. Hey, thanks for having me, Aaron. Good to see you again. Good to see you. So this is this is amazing. So I would like to issue a little disclaimer for the people listening or watching is that uh, Antonio and I have quite the bromance. And so you will have to excuse the the little the looks and the winks and the inside jokes and smiles. Antonio and I have been have been good friends. Um, for really since since 2000 and I would say 16 really was was when our friendship really started. Even, but it, was no, it? it was before then. I I mean that's I, when I we first earlier. met. That's when we first met at yeah. at at, uh, at VidCon and did the first Menfluential conference. But I hated you originally, which we'll get into a little bit later. But uh, but Antonio, you are a successful entrepreneur, and really I feel like that at my core is what I am an entrepreneur. And so I love the story. I love hearing people's backstory because, you know, success, it is not a straight road, as you know. And um, I would like to hear a little bit about sort of where you started, because I know your story. I know, you know, kind of where you come from. And I personally find so much inspiration in your story. The fact that, you know, you come from a, you know, a less than middle class family. You come from sleeping on in your aunt's kitchen in a trailer to being a very successful businessman going through some hardships. But tell everybody a little bit about your backstory and how you got started. Well, you know, I'm not going to go too far back, but you brought up the trailer, um, you know, sleeping in my aunt's kitchen. Um, you know, it was something, I was a trailer park kid growing up West Texas. And it was one of those things where, yeah, whenever the weather, the weather storms up, you're wondering, okay, is a tornado coming down? They tear up our house. You know, that, those are the kind of stories that we had this belief that if you opened up all the windows in the trailer, somehow you would be saved and your trailer home would not explode in a tornado. <laughs> so that, those are these beliefs that I grew up with. But uh, no, I mean, really it was about hard work. I realized if I wanted to do anything, my mom was pretty clear, read books and work hard. So that's exactly what I did. I uh, ended up going to undergrad on my own, you know, just paid for it myself, took out quite a bit of loans. After that, joined the United States Marine Corps. Uh, you know, every, most of the men in my family had served in the military and it was something for me. I felt uh, a patriotic obligation uh, to do it. And it turned out it was a great choice. Uh, whenever you go and you do something that challenges you, you definitely, I, I think, see what you're made out of. And for me, being around this warrior culture in the United States Marine Corps, I went in as an officer. And so you are expected to lead these guys. And my confidence 
shot up considerably. I was never the best officer, but I definitely learned from some of the best. And I worked on making myself better after a few pitfalls. Um, ended up, I started off in the flight program, but blew up my sinuses uh, doing a penetration dive with a T-34. Basically, I had blood coming out of my nose and they said, hey, you can't fly anymore unless you get surgery. How about you go to the infantry? And that's exactly what I did. Uh, I served with 3rd Battalion, 1st Marines, um, we, you know, the balls of the Marine Corps, and we went in and um, during the, you know, the invasion of Iraq in 2003, we went all the way into Baghdad, uh, went through Nazaria, Al-Qut. Um, so I ended my Marine Corps career on, on a high note. I think I trained up for four years, reached reach the rank of captain, uh, then was able to, you know, do what you train to do. And then I was able to leave. So at the end of 2003, I left the Marine Corps. And at the time, I was dating a girl over in Ukraine. We had known each other for over two years, and I was engaged to her. And so I went over there, lived. Uh, we had our, we got married, had a son, and I was living, running a nonprofit. Uh, and I, that's when I first realized the power of the internet. Let because, me ask you real quick, Antonio. Sure. I want to go back to the military a little bit because I don't have many friends that have served in in the military. And I feel like, you know, because you have had that experience, it gives you a different type of, of insight and mentality and just a little bit more mental toughness. Would you say as an entrepreneur that your mental toughness was hardened by the fact that you were serving and doing that type of work? And my follow-up question to that is, did you ever consider making the military a full-time and a lifetime um, job and, and uh, career? Okay. So... Yep. Two good questions. And I will say, yes, if you go through the military and everyone has different experiences, mine overall was a great experience. And for me, it was something that you go through the hardship. I was talking with my son about this. We're up training. We were just this morning running sprints. And I'm talking with him about one thing you learn in the Marine Corps is that throwing on 70 pounds on your back or taking a, a mortar, a 60, 60 millimeter mortar tube and having to throw that on your shoulders with your 70 pound back, carrying your M16 along with all the clothing you have on and then being told, hey, we're going to march 20 miles before we get to where we're going to set up our position. You know, that's pretty, you're like, holy cow, how am I going <laughs> to, I've got a hundred pounds, 150 pounds here and I'm going about to go 20 miles and you're on a forced march. And here's what happens. The first five miles, you feel like you're going to die. And then the next five miles, you're like, I've just got to make it this. But then you, you're, you, it's kind of like people that run a marathon, people that like train and put their bodies and their minds through these very difficult situations. And I know you've gone through some hard situations as well. I think what this does is it truly shows you what you are capable of when you push your body and your mind to that limit and you go past what you thought your body could do. And you realize it was a mental block. So many people think that they're trying their best. And honestly, they're at 50%. They're at, they're at 40%. And you ask somebody, oh yeah, I mean, did you go start a business? Yeah, I've started, I tried starting a business a million times. Really? A million times? You're like, <laughs> well, no, not a million times. A thousand times. No, no, not a thousand. Like you tried to start five businesses. No, no. You started one? No, I thought actually, about I just thought, I thought about it. I thought about it. And I talked yeah. about it a whole lot. <laughs> exactly. And you're like, they, they, well, you know, it's like, so the Marine Corps is honestly, they don't, here's the thing with throwing a hand grenade, you've got to have a certain amount of upper body strength. If you can't throw a hand grenade past a certain amount, it doesn't matter how much society wants to say good job or, well, can we just let this person in? It's like that freaking grenade's going to kill you. Yeah, and we're, yeah. you, you just, there are basic standards that have to be met. Otherwise, you know, for whether it's a pilot, whether you are infantry. And I think that 
we live in a society that, you know, it's got some great things about it, but it also has some very negative about allowing things to slide. Your standards are set much higher. I think when you go through difficulty, when you go through hardship, because you realize what people are capable of, and you can see that this person, like, it's not that they're disadvantaged. It's not this person doesn't, this person just freaking lazy. Like, Mm -hmm. get your stuff together and walk to work. Don't tell me, oh, I I missed the bus. I wasn't able to make it in today. You live two freaking miles away. You and I, Antonio, it's interesting. Um, You know, you bring up a lot of good points there. And um, one of the things that we have done is uh, we, we, we started a conference, the Menfluential Conference, which uh, we just finished and wrapped there last year. We did it for seven years. Was it seven or six? Seven, right? Yeah, I'll go with seven. All right, let's go which is Which is crazy, because how did we first meet in 2016? I'm gonna That's what I was wondering. That. I think, the, I think, I think you, Facebook has said that. Yeah, I don't know. Fa- that, Facebook's got that date. They got that date wrong. <laughs> they got the date wrong. We, anyway. we, we were born together. Like we were, exactly. we, were so in, we were we were in the in the womb together. We, this is getting weird, Antonio. So I don't want to go down that road. But, okay, Aaron but and you I talk four times a day. So it's listen, like, <laughs> listen. You and I have met some a lot of people over the years. Yes, we have. You know, we have met thousands and thousands and thousands of people. A lot of the people that would come to our conference, they wanted to come because it was a business and inspirational entrepreneur type of environment. And never before have they been able to be in the same room as a lot of other successful people. And what happened and what we saw, and I think you actually alluded to this a few times, is that when we are at the conference, everybody is so energized. Everybody is so excited. Everybody is ready to do it and and just go out there, charge up that hill, throw that grenade, and be successful. But then they come back, and it's not as exciting. They start to maybe try, but then life and excuses start to start to push in and, and ultimately you see him the next year. It's like, hey, how did that business go? Well, I, I ran into stumbling blocks. It was very few and far between the stories of I took an idea and I actually made it happen. And I think that that was something that, that, was, that was very apparent to me. There are a lot of people that want to talk about it, but very few are willing to roll up their hands, throw their grenade and march those 20 miles with that 100 pounds on their back. And so... Um, I think you made a, a very, 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 very well. Their good twenty point. miles is is twenty months of hard work and failure and falling down. You asked, you know, do I want to make the Marine Corps career? The answer is no. I realized that my heart wasn't in it. When I saw my friends, like, you know, typical Marine, you know, he's in, you know, it's a lifer. He's in for 25 years. He has three marriages, three divorces. You know, he's got kids that he doesn't know, uh, but he is a hardcore. He's, he's chewing, you know, Constantino wire and spitting out, you know, bullets. I mean, these are hardcore dudes that give their life. And I think the hardest thing is, you know, I really, I, it wasn't the hardest thing. It was very easy to see. I didn't have the passion. I didn't have, I didn't want to be that guy. What did you and want so, to do? What did you want to do from did, a young I, age? Like, what was yeah. your, what was your goal? Was your goal, hey, I want to go into the Marines. And then after that, I wanted, did you have a plan? Did you have a roadmap? I, I had certain like long-term things I saw myself going. My mission, you know, I wanted to leverage my intelligence. I wanted to go out there and help others. Uh, so being a doctor was my path whenever I went into college. But after I went through organic chemistries, I fell out of that. I realized, no, I don't really want to be a doctor. Before that, I had wanted to be a paleontologist. So I wanted something with it. But I, it was because of the Indiana Jones movies. It was and the really, hat. You wanted to he, wear the hat. <laughs> no, I didn't actually. I, I did actually like his hat. But he was an archaeologist. I thought, you know, can we do this stuff around dinosaurs? And then when you realize, like, 
like, I, I think it was one of those things that I wanted adventure. I wanted to go out and help people. I wanted to do, you know, those were noble missions, but I just found that, all right, like I'm not really into this. And the Marine Corps for me was kind of a diversion of, well, I don't know what I'm going to do next, but how about I take on this four-year challenge and I go do something that's a little bit outside the box. And that's one thing I've I've done pretty well in my life is that sometimes I'll see something and I take the road, uh, you know, Robert Frost, you know, his poem, you know, the road less taken or whatever that, that basically, you know, the road less traveled. And that's actually one of the reasons I, I met my wife is I was like, where do I want to travel in the world? And I had a friend over in Russia and I'm like, man, that sounds like just a harsh country to go travel to. Like, that's not a vacation spot. You heard they had beautiful women, be honest. I, I knew on. that. <laughs> I knew that. But hey, beautiful women, but a harsh country and a place not many people go to. I was huge into World War II history. So I knew a lot about the Eastern Front. I'm like, man, Soviet Union, you know, a wall fell. Like, it's, it's, is, um, can I go see these museums before like it goes away? So that was my you know goal to go over there is to see this country and get this feel. I ended up going to Ukraine because it was much more affordable, and I figured it was like the discounted Russia. Uh, at least that's <laughs> what my guys at the embassy told me. It turned out to be you know a great move, but uh, yeah, you know, choosing adversity and choosing the challenge that is something that uh, I find that if you if you can rise up to the challenge because you view it as an obstacle that you're and you actually enjoy the suck, you're like, okay, I can deal with this. That's when I, I feel someone's going to do well because they're going to be able to deal with all that crap being thrown at them and they're just going to throw their face up and say, is that all you got? Speaking no. of crap, speaking of uh, throwing your face up, talk a little bit about after you graduated or you left the Marine Corps, you went to graduate school, right? Business mm-hmm. school. Yep. In, uh, in Houston, got a degree. Texas, you get a, Austin. Texas, Austin. Houston's <laughs> I I close. Okay. <laughs> See, I did my research with you. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> what, what happened next? Like, what was the story? I know that you and I have something very common, um, you know, very much in common, which is a, a business that we started with, that failed. But before yeah. that, you actually took a job. Um, That's true. I, so yeah, what, I, what was that job? So out of business school, I, I, I got a job at a manufacturing plant as the CFO. And my job, I don't even know how I got this job as a CFO. I was not CFO material, but it was something they needed. It was a smaller company. I had a fancy MBA. The goal in there was to go in there and, and rebuild the company. But within three months, it was getting pretty clear that these guys did not want to listen to some of my ideas. I was talking to them about getting on the internet, selling directly to the customer. I wanted to create a resource. They were a wet wipe company. So I'm like, okay, we need to be selling wipes online, but don't specialize in butt wipes you know, cause that, that's low margin. Let's go towards lens wipes. I had this idea cause I was big into cameras and photography that, well, what if like these, these, this 10 pack of lens wipes sells for $10. That's a much higher margin. We should sell these directly and we want to get in front of camera people and enthusiasts, maybe even lenses for telescopes and things like that. So I'm coming with these crazy ideas, pushing them, pushing them, pushing them. And then I call this meeting to go over how I'm doing and what they think of everything. And in that meeting, they started off, you are fired. And I, I was, I was like, whoa, you know, didn't expect, <laughs> didn't see that coming because I had moved to this town. I bought a house in this town and we're talking in town of over just over a thousand people in how long, rural, how long were you working at the company before you got fired? Three months, three months. But I had signed a contract where I was going to be with them for three years and was going to gain 10% of the company. So I, I had this crossroads again. It's like, do I hire a lawyer and go after these people and say like, Hey, like, or do I say, you know what? Maybe this is a gift. 
Uh, I didn't actually know what to think. I'm not going to say that I knew at that time, but I did know that it was embarrassing. I felt horrible. My confidence was shook. And lucky for me, I had a house that I, I had a lot of work on and I was flying over in, in a week to go see my wife. Uh, and when I was, you know, we were going to take a quick little trip. Uh, we had a vacation we had planned and paid for to go to Croatia. So we did that. And I told her during the vacation, what happened? And, uh, you know, having a good partner, having a good person behind you, I think is key. And she said, Hey, like you'll figure it out. Like you talked about maybe starting your own business. And there I did some research. I saw these, I saw two companies I could find in the entire world online that were allowing you to enter your measurements and were making suits. And I had been interested in custom suits. I'd had one made first time uh, when I was actually in Ukraine interviewing at business schools. And then when I was in business school, I used another tailor and I was interested just how much margin I thought was there, how, how it was actually controlled by people that were really, really old school. So for me, this was like a disruption idea. I'm not going to say I saw that, but I did see opportunity. And that's what drew me into starting that company, a tailored suit. Okay. So you decide I'm going to start a tailored suit company or a company selling suits made to measure shirts. How did that go? Oh, well, yeah, it eventually went into bankruptcy. Like I, 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 yeah, but I mean, it was a ride. It was an adventure. I learned a heck of a lot. Here's the thing. I don't have a degree in fashion. So I went out there and bought like 10 books on style and I read them. I devoured them. And then I looked for resources online and guess what? Couldn't find anything. So I started writing because that's the way I learn is I write things and I type them out and I, I, this is how I would study in college. And I just naturally started typing and writing things out and putting my notes on the web. And I saw a guy, uh, his name is Pat Flynn. He was talking about it. That's how actually he shared his notes and it turned into something. So I was just like, this will draw traffic to our website. And it did. We started getting a lot of traffic. But we weren't really getting the type of sales that I wanted. And I wasn't, it was hard for me to convert those sales. Also, the production, we, we, had, a, we had a partner over in Thailand and he was making good suits, but I, he, I wasn't his first priority. So I learned that, hey, whenever the airport shuts down in Thailand, because they were having a little bit of a, of a, of a, of a, of a upheaval over there at that time. And basically, I, I did not like where I had a business where I was responsible for delivering something and I couldn't do it. In addition, the product had hundreds of little ways it could go wrong. If that tailor who I had cut the fabric, if he did it wrong, our mistake, if we made a mistake, our mistake. And I'm like, wow, there's, there's just too much complexity. Um, it was, yeah, over a period of a couple of years, we were, able, I mean, we had one month, we had really great, we had a hundred thousand dollar month. One wow. Month. But we also how had you, a 100 How are you marketing? Let me, let me ask you that. How how were you marketing your your services? Organic. It was all organic traffic at the time. And this is 2009, 2010. And the organic and traffic was coming from you writing articles for the Art of Manliness? Before that, I I was writing my own, but Art of Manliness did find me because I was writing my own stuff. And I started writing with Brett McKay at the Art of Man's and that started sending a lot of traffic over to our website. So our website went from getting, uh, you know, 10, 15, 20,000 visitors a month to all of a sudden after I started writing for Art of Manliness within a year, I'm at a hundred thousand visitors a month. And this was a commerce site. So, you know, I was leading him down into, you know, trying to buy our clothing and all that stuff. And, uh, it was it just wasn't sustainable. It was me and my wife. We didn't control the factory. Um, and we had that one really good month with a lot of sales coming in, but expenses that month were over 
105,000. So it was like, I, you know, I was losing money and every month I saw that, you know, it was just getting, starting to get worse. Some months we would make some money back, but eventually I found myself in a position where I'm, you know, robbing Peter to pay Paul. And I'm like, I just can't do this. Uh, so we decided to shut down that company and I looked at what was working. And at that time I realized content marketing was working because the art of manliness opened my eyes up to the idea of creating content and then being able to sell advertising spaces on that content. So we started doing that at, um, at Real Men Real Style, it, which was kind of the commerce arm that I created off of a tailored suit. I realized that if I had all of my articles on a commerce website, on an e-commerce website, that simply people wouldn't trust them. So I needed to move it to have like almost two separate businesses. One is a totally independent blog. The other one is the commerce site. So the idea was that Real Men Real Star was going to feed leads into uh, a tailored suit. For, but eventually a tailored suit, I realized just wasn't going to be the way we, we should monetize going forward. So I eventually shut down a tailored suit, had to declare bankruptcy with it and just wrap that thing up and then moved over to Real Men Real Style, which is about the time that you were meeting me and we were engaging because you said, Hey, this guy's got some great articles. He's got some great, you know, he's <laughs> yeah, got like, some great pictures. All right, so now, now our worlds collide. So, yeah. so I started my YouTube channel. So, so just to back up, our sort of introduction to men's style and fashion is, is fairly similar. Um, back when, when I, I used to have a fitness center that didn't work out, it, it went, it went bankrupt. And during that time I had been helping some people dress better. And when I was looking online in terms of, you know, what's out there in terms of, of, of assistance for regular guys to get solid advice on how to look good, there was very little. There was GQ, there was Esquire. And so I started doing my research and thinking, you know what, maybe there's a resource, maybe, or maybe there's an opportunity for a regular guy who just happens to know more about, you know, shoes than he does football to help other regular guys just, just dress better. And so I started going into tailors, talking to them, reading, and this is back when I was actually trying to read and learn. And, um, and so I, I ended up starting an image consulting business to help men dress better. Simultaneously, about two years later, um, I decided to start creating content and putting it on YouTube. And it was simply because I'm like, you know what, if there are people that are interested in this information, Maybe, maybe they'll find this valuable. Maybe they'll find this useful. And so in 2008, I uploaded my first video. Back then, um, I was, I went to JCPenney to get all these like sport coats that were too big. I was wearing, you know, knots or uh, big ties. I learned to tie like a, a Windsor knot. And, um, and I thought that is exactly what a stylish man wears a sport coat, a shirt, and a big old knot. And, uh, and so I started to put YouTube videos out there and, and lo and behold, the first video I got a question about, hey, I'm a bigger dude, what should I wear? And that's when I knew, you know what, this is amazing. I found my voice, I found my passion. And it was basically downhill from there. And it's something that I've loved every day, most days since then. Um, and at the time I was the only one putting content out there for style. And so what happened? So you happened to be on YouTube one time and saw this really obnoxious, pointy ear little Italian dude in an oversized JCPenney shirt or a suit and a big Windsor knot and told your wife, 
This guy doesn't uh, know anything about yeah, style. Yeah, exactly. This guy's, this guy's an idiot. He doesn't know anything <laughs> about style. Look at the way he dresses. But one thing I did see is I'm like, he's got a million views on these videos. Like, And I'm like, you know, it's funny is because I knew Art of Manliness at that time was getting that like in, in just a day or a couple. Of, I mean, they were getting a lot of traffic at that time. Uh, and I'm like, well, the thing is like on my articles, nobody can see the views. They can see hundreds of comments. They can see, they know like social shit or social wasn't that huge bit at, at the time. But so it's like they they can, there's indicators and I can see in the back end of Google Analytics, but I like this that you can actually see. So I didn't think it much of it. I kept, you know, I was like complaining a little bit about him. But then I remember looking again at your numbers and it was 4 million. And I remember like seeing that. I'm like, holy cow, you went from 1 million to 4 million. And you did it in this time period that I thought was relatively quick. I mean, it was a few months, which is funny because now, you know, it was actually maybe six months or something, but it was enough. I mean, now like in a single like month, boom, you shoot past that. But, uh, but yeah, you know, it was, uh, it was, wait a minute, I better start doing this because I don't like to type. Um, you don't like to read. I don't like to type, you know, that's why we get along so well. And I, I just cannot type to save my life. And I'm like, you know what? I'm writing all these articles. I've written over 250 articles on my website at Art of Manliness, all these places. I know this stuff. It's just easy for me. It's easier for me to talk to a video camera. So let's just do this. And I started putting them out there. Uh, I didn't have a video editor. My wife was my video editor and uh, it was just me and her. I'd shoot it in the basement of my house. I have this old- And you're the hands. House. Yep. <laughs> and, and my hands were up all over the place. And your people hands would, never, your fingers never moved. So it was yep, very robotic. <laughs> yeah. People just thought my hand, you know, they would make fun of the hands. Uh, yeah. And yeah, but I, I mean, but the, here's the thing is like when nobody's doing it, you're, you're first and you don't have to be fabulous. You just simply need to give good information. And that's what people came back for. They were like, okay, this guy knows a lot about suits. This guy knows a lot about custom clothing. And there were things I didn't know a whole lot about, but I, I, I read up, I kept, I dove deeper in, you know, I are, oh, he knows a lot about this particular type of shoe, this particular type of shoe. And I think at this point, me and you started talking up a lot more. We started engaging with each other. I and hated fact, you. Oh, I hated you because I, mean, I hated you because here you were some dude with hands, right? Coming into my space. And for the, for the longest time, probably what, what year did you start posting videos? Was it 2010? Yeah, it's like 2010, 2011. We have something, yeah. we, I think those are the, the early ones. And then 2012, I started going like in earnest, like, Hey, we're, yeah, we're pushing this. So I was the only, I was the only game in town for, for years. And then here you come. And all of a sudden I started noticing, I'm like, man, his subscribers are really growing. Oh, what is this dude? But then I decided I wanted to start a membership website. And, um, and I reached out to you because I needed content. I needed articles. It was going to have a lot of information behind a paywall. And I, I reached out to you because at the time you were killing and owning, you know, the SEO when it came to men's style. And you still do for, for all intents and purposes. And so I reached out to you and I said, hey, I'm, I'm doing this website and I was wondering if I could use your articles for my website. I'll give you credit. And you said, no. <laughs> and I said, what? And so at, from that point, I, I, I was like, oh, this son of a bitch. And um, you don't remember that story, but you told me no. I could not so find was, this email. That, this, this, that was, this is Aaron's memory. Nail in the coffin. I don't, I don't forget people who wronged me, Antonio. That's the thing. <laughs> and so nail in, nail in your coffin. And then what happened was a few years later, you had reached out to me and you said, hey, there's this thing called VidCon. At this point, we were, we were emailing once in a while. We were talking a little bit. 
Um, not, not very well. I mean, we were casual acquaintances. And yeah. the one thing I, I, I started to think to myself, I'm like, either this dude is like the nicest guy ever, or he is totally trying to steal something from me. And so I was so worried that you are not what you are, you are presenting yourself to be. But you said, hey, let's get together, let's meet, and then let's put together a conference. Let's, let's get together in the back of this brewery and, and let our fans or people that want to come and meet, meet it us. It wasn't really a conference. It was the, at no. that time, it was just, it was just a meetup. Meet yep. Yeah. And, 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 but the opportunity was for me to come out and meet you at, mm. this, at, at VidCon. And this was our, our first meeting. And it was, it was, I mean, the thing that I had learned and that you helped me sort of understand is that it is not always about competition. You do not have to kill your competition. And when you actually put your, your, your heads together, when you bring your resources and your ideas together, you both can, can do better. And so I was not somebody that was open to sort of being friends with my competition. And you were something, you were the person who sort of showed me that I was wrong. And, um, and then I came to find out that it wasn't bullshit, that you actually are one of the nicest guys that I've ever had the pleasure to meet. And you don't come with any bullshit. And that's something that is very rare in today's, I think, society. You know, what you say, what you see, it's what you get. And so that is something that I very much appreciate with you and uh, just for you guys out there, you know, Antonio, he comes across as a very nice guy and I'm here to tell you he is. So Antonio, I got a few, a few questions for you. We've been talking, you know, now for about 30 minutes, got another, you know, 15, 20 minutes before I'm going to let you go. Uh, I've got a few, few specific questions. Okay. What's the biggest mistake you would say that you've made through your entrepreneurial journey? <sighs> Not starting soon enough. You know, I, I look back and it's like, I, I think there was a time like, again, you were the first one on YouTube and, and you were consistent. I think you were putting on a weekly video for forever and you were consistent with that. And I look back, it was not getting started sooner with things. I always regret not like, I, I look, I have an idea and then I see somebody else a year or two later actually makes that idea come out. So things like that. I, yeah. Not, and not being consistent. So I, I, there was like a, a whole summer I didn't put out any videos on YouTube because I got so busy. I was I was focused on the clothier, and yet I look at that missed summer like that we had put out. We probably had two hundred videos on the channel, maybe one hundred and fifty videos, and that missed summer just really stunted my growth. And you look, it's like compounding interest. It, gosh, I I would I could possibly have an extra million subscribers if we would have powered through that summer, and it would have put us at a different level. But you know. I'd say the best thing I, you know, the lesson from that is I don't, I don't beat myself up about it. I, I, I remember it and I try to use those lessons going forward. So, Hey, I will be someone that takes action or if I don't, I'm just not going to be, I'm not going to beat myself up over this. Yeah, no. And I went through a similar situation on YouTube when I had that membership website, I was so focused on getting people off of YouTube to my membership website and saying, Hey, you know, don't, don't watch anything here. Come here. Um, and for, I mean, for probably a year, I was not putting out consistent content. I was putting out little teaser videos, driving traffic to my website. And I thought at the time that the website was where the real, the real moneymaker was. And I couldn't, have been, I couldn't have been more wrong. And that also stunned my growth. I, I'm just thinking that that's, that's, you know, we're talking about like a lot of the things that you do are very different than commonly accepted knowledge. And that's one of those things that at the time, 
I mean, I would have said you were doing the right thing because, hey, yeah, you don't own YouTube. You don't own Facebook. You don't own these platforms. Get your audience off of this platform. That's what all the business experts are going to tell you. But I remember you said, that's not right for me. I'm going to double down on YouTube and this is where I'm going to build my audience because I'm growing here. And you did that. And to, to your credit, because I've always worked to get people off, to build up my email lists, to get people over to my website. And in some ways, you know, that ended up stunning my growth because I didn't know at the time that YouTube was actually not, they started selecting against videos that get people off their platform. They want to keep people on the platform. Yeah. And then you had hundreds of videos that did exactly that. And that I, I think had a big part in just simply why the algorithm loved you for so long. Now what it doesn't is, love you so much. But. Now it doesn't <laughs> Who knows who it loves? <laughs> so what? So that was one of your biggest mistakes. Um, one of mine was not embracing technology sooner. Technology scares me. It's always scared me, and I feel like that has hindered my 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 growth in some respects. Um, lucky for me, I have been able to make some good hires. Um, in my businesses in order to sort of take that burden and the pressure off of me um, and hire people that are better at, you know, technology, understand it and embrace it better than I do. What would you say one of your best decisions has been in terms of, of your entrepreneurial journey? I think, I think you hit on it and that's hiring people, you know, hiring the right people to come in. I mean, I'm thinking of Yuri that comes in and does my tech and he was the first hire I brought on for $200 a month. Uh, and that was limited part-time. He would just come in and help me rebuild websites, deal with the security issues I did not want to deal with. So immediately putting together a do not do list. Once you start making money, well, yes, it's nice to be able to take a bit out and definitely pay yourself a salary, a set amount, but put money aside for that first hire, for that contractor. If you don't like doing accounting and you know that if you understood your books better that you would probably make more money, then set money aside for that. Or an assistant. So many people, so many entrepreneurs spend two to three hours a day in, and that's, that's bare minimum inside their emails, answering emails. Unless you're an email answering service, you don't make money that way. You make money focusing in on those things that are, are your big money makers. And these distractions really add up. And for you to bring in a few people, I'm thinking, I mean, Debbie, for you, I, I'm thinking, you know, Christian, um, you know, you've just got certain people that have come in and have been able to really rock, you know, supercharge your business because they, you know, it's like microphones. You don't know a whole lot about microphones, but you get Christian recommend, you know, buy this Pico mic, amazing yep. mic. I've got it now. Love yep. it. And like, instead of, so instead of you doing 10 hours of research on mics and buying three mics and testing them all, he just, Hey, no, go buy this. And you know, having smart people that give you solid direction. I, I think that's a smart move. So tell me a little bit about the next five years for you. You think through things a little bit more than I do in terms of you have a, you've got a different goal. Your goals are different than mine mm -hmm. um, in terms of, of business in terms of um, free time, in terms of what you're looking to do and accomplish through your entrepreneurial endeavors. And so what does the next five years look like? You know, best case scenario, what do you see and how do you see your different businesses evolve? Let's talk about RMRS along with then um, uh, Vitaman. How do you see those two businesses evolving? Yeah. So, so, you know, I've got three main businesses right now. It's our Menfluential media company. It's Real Men, Real Style, and Vitaman. And 
One thing I, I love about our Menfluential is we've got Terry Edelman, Brian Edelman, Tom. These guys, they make things happen. And really, that's a passive business for me. I mean, there's not much at all I need to do over there. And we've got a strong leader. And I still own a good chunk of that company. And I'm able to get a dividend check at the end of the year. I love that. You know, that's and that's so with Vitaman, one of the things is I wanted a partner I could respect that knew the industry and, you know, brings a wealth of information. And I inst installed a manager who basically instead of me putting in 25, 30 hours a week on that, because I didn't want to be working 70 hours a week, uh, I brought in, you know, I have a gentleman that that is his main focus. And we've been able to just in the last five months been able to have really solid growth. And I'm excited because, you know, by this holiday season, we're going to have a, a business, you know, a business that's making well over a thousand dollars a day. And, and that's within year one, you know, we'll have our first $30,000 month. And I know you said with Pete and Pedro, your year one was a total of like 34,000 bucks. $36,000 year one. Yep. Yeah. So for me to be able to say, Hey, we're, we're ahead of where, and I know, you know, your business is having great success. So I still feel that I were late to the party, but we are not too late. Yeah, but here's so what like, you did. Here's here's what was smart and what I am a bit envious of. You skipped a big learning curve. You know, I mean, yep. when I when I started Pete and Pedro, it was, you know, I knew nothing about sourcing. I knew nothing about, you know, shipping. I knew nothing about manufacturing. And so when you were contacted by Claire at, at Vitaman and said, hey, this is who we are, she had gone through and developed amazing products already. She had a catalog yeah. of incredible products. She had 20 products. years experience. Yeah. 20 years experience. She also had the distribution channels and the shipping. She had all the logistics worked out. Now, you know, of course you're always gonna have issues, but you skipped three years of, of, of pain and suffering yes. in, the, in the manner in which you sort of, you came and became a part of Vitamin. And then you sold yourself to her and said, you know, she approached you, but then you said, hey, this is what you've done so far, and this is where you are. This is what I'm going to bring to the table, and this is what we're going to build together. And yeah. so you and her partnered for the online e-commerce portion of, of Vitaman. And so it's really exciting to see you start to, to grow this. And the products, I, I've tried them. They are amazing products, very healthy, very good, um, super high quality, and the price is fair. And so, yeah. um, so in a, in five years from now, where do you see Vitaman? Five years from now? I, well, gosh, I definitely see it. it. I mean, Claire and I have both taught, I mean, our end goal, and I think this is the same for a lot of your companies is it's either going to be a cash cow that is simply provides a very nice salary and I'm able to have professional managers in there. You've got an amazing team. I know at Pete and Pedro, great. I mean, you, you know, Mike has done an amazing job coming in and saying, you need to have this, you need to have this, you need to have this. And all of a sudden your profits have shot up At the same time. You guys are providing better customer service than you ever have. The product quality, you know, is, is on point. So I see ourselves actually, you know, where you are currently going to be in the next year. That's where I want to be in, mm -hmm. in five years. So I do think we were able to cut down some of that and it is something that, Hey, I, why not be, you know, at a $6 million a year or a $8 million a year business within five years, if not that, and also be in a position, if we can get closer to 10 million, that actually we could be acquired, we could be sold. Right now I'm trying to figure out, 
do we want to be a subscription company or do we want to be, you know, a group? Because as you know, subscription companies have a much higher valuation. Uh, but it is something that I could maybe have somebody come in and buy the company. And then me and Claire would be able to say, hey, our hard work paid off. Now we can, you know, we can move on to something else. Um, or, you know, it's going to be something that, hey, this is very profitable. We can put the profits aside and maybe it would be something I would either buy out Claire because, you know, I know for her, this is like, this is her everything. This yeah. is what we, you know, for her. And that's, I love having a partner like that, that like she, this is, she lives and breathes it. And that's, lives you know, and breathes it. Yep. Yeah. But, and, I, um, and that is, that is something that is, that is very, very important. It is very hard to manage and dabble in a bunch of things. And that is something that, that I have learned personally is that I need people that are focused and dedicated on yep. specific businesses. You know, T. Shanley, I've got my team. Enemy, I've got my team. Pete and Pedro, I've got my team. Menfluential, I've got my team. They focus on those businesses specifically, which yep. allows me to sort of, you know, from a from a thousand foot view, sometimes I've got to get obviously a little bit closer. It allows me to 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 have my hand in a bunch of different things and know that these these businesses, these entities are growing because I've got really amazing people that are helping me grow them. A um, little bit of, tell me about RMRS. What do you think? Where do you think that's going to So five be? years, yeah, well, I'll say it's even quicker. I see within three years, you will not see Antonio Centeno as much. It's called Real Men Real Style, not Antonio Centeno. So I think Raphael's a little bit ahead of me, even though I've had this, you know, this has been on my focus for the last three years. But, you know, having other people come into the channel and start to talk, like I look at Esquire, we talked about GQ. I really feel those companies have kind of lost their way. And they're they're just, honestly, a lot of people just don't go to them for advice because they delve into politics. They delve into things that honestly we don't want. I want to take a break from that. And when I come to learn about style, I want to have a trusted source for style and etiquette and something that is going to stand the test of time and something I can trust as well that isn't always trying to push on me, you know, like, $5,000 sports jackets, which are out of most guys' range. I want to have a, I want to be more trusted, a trusted resource. So one thing, you know, you will see is me start to transition out of it because what I want to be is that guy in five years that sits in the backdrop, owns these businesses. I want to be a true business owner where I've got my menfluential media. I have my vitamin. I have real men, real style. And by then maybe add a couple other things, but the idea is to have multiple companies that I'm an owner of, and I sit back as just the, you know, the chairman, the the mm -hmm. owner of the businesses that make sure we've got the right managers in each of them, and uh, and yeah, being able to sit back there, work less because I want I, my kids are at a point where I want to spend more time with them. I've just really been enjoying with my son; he's 15. And you're gonna you hopefully know. be moving to Atlanta. <laughs> yeah, yeah, got a million dollar tax credit for exactly, that exactly. But, uh, All right, yeah. so so we're wrapping this up. Business advice. You've got an entrepreneur out there that is that has an idea. What's the best piece of advice you can give other than work hard? Yeah, I, I would say who do you surround yourself with? I mean, I could say books, but here's the thing: is I know Aaron, you're not you don't you don't read all the time, but you <laughs> have surrounded yourself. Read. But you have people like Steve that hey, when you have a question, should I put out this video or not? It's your wise counsel. You've got these people in your circle that will tell you. You know, how does it affect the brand? That's what, mm -hmm. you know, he says to you. And you yeah. told me that multiple times. I'm like, that's smart. Having somebody, a wise counsel. A lot of people, they've got, they're surrounded by the wrong people. And nothing wrong with these, these your family and your friends, maybe even your spouse. Nothing wrong, you know, you've, you've got them. I mean, but I don't go to my spouse 
for business advice. If I've got advice about how to talk with the kids, I've got advice about, you know, whose birthday is it? Like she manages, makes my life so much easier with that stuff. But when it comes to business advice, I've got you, I've got Ryan Masters. I've got a whole Rolodex of people that I can call up. And you know, that's one of my superpowers. That is your is superpower. Networking. What is, what, what would you say your superpower is, Antonio? If you de- had def- one. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> I, I'd, see, I'd say being, being honest, being empathetic, being, giving a shit about people and being a friend. And yep. I think that that's something that's a lost art because um, everyone seems to want to get something out of people. And I'm just simply, I just want to hang out and have a good time. And I like being around smart people I respect. And how are things going for you? I don't need, I, now you have to be disciplined because sometimes you feel like you could take, I mean, if I asked you for some sponsorships, you know, for our, our channel, you would do it. But I think it would also like, I don't do that. And I think that's partly because I don't, if you, it is a very strong position when you don't need something from somebody and yes, you could ask for it, but you don't, you know, it's just, it's like, I am my own independent guy and I'm going to do this at the same time. I will always, because we get a mutual benefit out of each other's counsel. I am, I'm always cool to talk to you. I love, you know, when you share with information with me about, because you're ahead of us with Pete and Pedro and body man, Mike, oh yeah. You know, it's like the same way that I'm friends with Mike, like I like Mike and, you know, and he'll like, I'll listen to him about stuff, yeah. but I'm not, I'm not calling him because I, I, I want to extract anything from him. That's not why I'm calling him. And I think that people can smell that. And so just make sure you've got, you choose your counsel. I think Washington, George Washington talked about this. You know, you lit, you, you put on a happy face and you smile and you're cordial to everybody, but you're very careful about the people that you allow on your inner counsel. No, I think, I think you're absolutely right. Surround yourself with the right people. Um, I think that the unfortunate reality is that when you're an entrepreneur, you get so excited and you tell people, you know, your friends, your family about your idea, what you want to do. And they're unfortunately, they're there just to, you know, to say, you know, great job. You know, they're, they're cheerleaders when the truth is that your idea might suck and you need people that are surrounding you that are able to be honest with you, even if the truth is not what you necessarily wanted to hear. And, um, you know, or I, when I they're think poisonous, that, you know, because yeah. uh, you've got the people around you. Well, don't take that risk. You got, don't quit. You've you got so much going for you. Yeah. Like, yeah, I know you don't really like the job. You don't like your career as a lawyer, but you already went to law school. You've got five years in with this firm or you've been in the military already for 12 years. Just it just eight more and you'll be able to walk away with a pension in their retirement. You know, this is the poisonous I think counsel that you can get from people because that other people love have, you, yeah, you know? other people have different goals. Other people have yeah. different, different, different desires. And Their so goal for you is to be, they really want you to be happy and they want you to be taken care of and their fear, like it's, they just don't want you to shake the boat. And yeah. Yeah. Well, you have shaken the boat. I've shaken the boat and, um, you know, thankfully we have, um, let's, let's wrap this up. Antonio, what do you got to promote? Where should they find you? Tell us, uh, tell us what's going on in your world. Uh, you know, I'm not going to promote anything. I'm, I'm going to tell them that they can always look me up, check out my, my form over at realmenrealstyle.com, my contact form. Actually, I always put people in a good mood. It's a unique form that Cal Newport wrote about in his book. But I'm going to say, you know, there's a book I've probably read three times this year that if, you know, I know we're, you're go, we're all about prosperity, Aaron. However you define that, you know, for me, it's relationships with my family and my friends. It's on my deathbed that I want to have a thousand people fly out to my funeral 
and they're going to be like, yeah, this dude, like, you know, at the end of Big Fish, I love that movie. Like everyone's there and came out to like see that guy off. But I would say there's a great book. Uh, John Seforic wrote this called The Wealthy Gardener. Highly recommend it. I've already read it three times this year and I bought a hundred copies of it. Because What's I've the been synopsis? Sending it out. The synopsis? Living yeah. a Life of Prosperity. Because you're not going to read it. You'll just put it on your bookshelf. And <laughs> It'll be it on my shelf. <laughs> but, but I would say grab an audio of it, Aaron, because it's a great listen on Audible. And what I love is he takes knowledge from, I'm talking, he goes back to the Stoics and he brings in like people that just published books a year ago. And he did a great job, I think, summarizing in 300 pages, like 3,000 years worth of prosperity. Uh, and it's lessons from a father to his son. But, you know, if you're a mother listening to this with the daughters, it would apply to you. And I've already got my son reading it. My wife's enjoying it. And I just think he did a great job. There's nothing in there that is going to be like, I think if you've read already 100 books, you know this industry, probably nothing revolutionary. But there's going to be aha, aha, aha moments because it's going to be, it's going to bring back things you haven't thought of for five years that are more applicable to you now than they were five years ago. And that's well, why, to me, this book is so powerful. The Wealthy to, Gardener. What, what, hold on. I got to write that down because I definitely need to get it on Audible. The Wealthy <laughs> Gardener. Go get it on Audible. Yeah. Antonio Centeno, you're an angel. Thank you for being my friend. It is an honor, a privilege. I love you. And uh, I just want to say thanks love so much too. for... Thanks, dude. Hey, hey, <laughs> I told you the bromance was getting a little bit, a little steamy up in here. But uh, no, just uh, honestly, I mean, you have added tremendous richness and, and value to my life. And so I, I hope we always stay in touch and, and I wish you nothing but the best, my friend. Hey, thanks, Aaron. Appreciate it. I'll give All you a right. call later. Thanks, guys. Yeah, yeah. Okay, bye. Bye. Gentlemen, thank you for listening to this episode. As always, I appreciate your support. Once again, if you found this episode or any of the content I've put out in the past helpful, please leave a rating and review on the platform you're listening to this on. Once again, every week, we're going to read out and feature a few of my personal favorite reviews. And if you're looking to upgrade your sunglass game, don't forget to check out Enemy.com. Honestly, the quality of these glasses for the price is insane. Just read the reviews. Gentlemen, stay awesome.